0: Hello, and welcome to episode 21 of Linux After Dark. I'm Joe. I'm Chris. I'm Gary. And I'm Dalton. Welcome back, chaps. Today, we're going to talk about the touchscreen challenge. So this is us checking out the touchscreen experience on proper Linux, in quotes. We're not talking about Ubuntu Touch and Plasma Mobile and all of that kind of thing. We're talking about x86 Linux with touchscreens. And Windows. Well, and Chrome OS as well, because I think we do have to compare our experiences with the proprietary platforms. I'll get it out of the way straight away. Chrome OS is absolutely first class on a touchscreen device. It's
1: just ready for it. Agreed. All right, so what did you you do with it?
0: Bit of everything, really. Browsing, watching YouTube videos, bit of document editing. You
2: can't really do much more with my low-end Chromebook. My test device was also a Chromebook, and so I've been running Chrome OS on it since I've had it, basically. And it's the same thing. It's, you know... Funnily enough, they have a huge operating system for touch devices, which they put loads of R&D into, that they can just plop into this. It just works really, really well. It's a very, very good experience. So I think it's great in that regard, if you can handle that it's Chrome OS and whether you like that or not.
1: So I wonder if I came at this with the wrong idea, because I was applying for jobs and doing some real productivity, and I had a terrible time of it.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, that reminds me. I was supposed to plug your job search, Dalton. So, uh, yeah, do, do your job ad now randomly.
1: All right, sure. So are you looking for a community manager, documentation manager, developer, coder? I've done it all, done it all for about five years. And if you're looking for any of that, email me LAD at DaltonDur.st, D-A-L-T-O-N-D-R dot
0: Yeah, or if you can't remember that, you can just email the show which is show at linuxafterdark.net. So where were we anyway? You have been using Windows quite a lot lately, Dalton, for gaming and stuff. So what is the touchscreen experience like on Windows?
1: So for this, I was using a Surface Pro 5 or 2017. They didn't actually name the thing. With the i5, 8 gigs of RAM, you know, it's actually really slow under Windows, and I can't figure out why. It's not thermal throttling or anything. But the experience is fine, I guess. On this one, it's a 12-inch touchscreen, so it's really difficult to type on. The type cover was a huge benefit here. Having a keyboard along with it really helps with big touchscreens. And I don't know if we were going for, like, no keyboard, no mouse, all touch. I think that's what we were going for. So trying to do that was an exercise in frustration.
0: Yeah, and as for Mac, forget about it. You can't buy a Mac with a touchscreen. You can probably hack some touch thing together, but we're not interested
1: in that. Interestingly enough, you can use an iPad in Sidecar and then use your touchscreen on the Mac. Ah. It works about as well as you expect. Right, yeah. It's
3: basically just pointer emulation at that point from what I've used anyway.
1: Yeah. So
0: really, it's only Chrome OS that's actually any good at this in the kind of commercial proprietary operating system space.
1: Windows isn't bad, it's just really difficult to convert that all-mouse experience directly into all-touch. I mean, we saw them absolutely fail that with Windows 8, kind of do it with Windows 10, and they've kind of done it again with Windows 11. But obviously, where they make their money from is people with a goddamn keyboard and mouse.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so you can convert XSCE to be relatively touch-friendly by just installing onboard the on-screen keyboard, and then creating a shortcut for it on the panel, and then you just toggle it on and off as needed. And it's just as you'd expect, really. You're just having a, a mouse-like experience only with touchscreen, and it's quite hard to get the the corners of Windows and minimize and everything. It's quite frustrating, generally. And um, logging in, well, that's just uh, not possible without a keyboard, unfortunately. But You can just set it to auto-login if you don't care about security, so that's fine.
2: Yeah, I I did a whistle-stop tour of a bunch of live distros, and a lot of them were like XFCE, including my beloved Mate. And obviously Wimpress has the little GPD devices that he makes custom images for to probably handle these things a little bit better because some of them had touchscreens. But the -the out-of-the-box install for a lot of them, especially things that only have an X11 session, that's what they do. Where you touch on the screen, the mouse pointer suddenly jumps there and it sort of emulates a click and it's not the same. So that's been my experience. I have actually installed Linux on this particular Chromebook before and been quite disappointed. And that's why I ended up back on Chrome OS, but it's end of life, it's its auto-update expiry is now. So it's now got no more security updates. So now I'm looking more in earnest. But yeah, I, I, because I'm familiar with Mate, I tested Mate to a reasonable degree. And auto rotate doesn't work out of the box. I did on the forum find a way to script that. So it detects the accelerometer. But what it does is it kills the entire session and redraws it. <laughs> so it feels a bit hacky. And it, for me, it betrays the fact that x11 is old like the idea of a touchscreen device in the way that we're used to them was not around at the inception of this so that was you know generally my experience gary what did
3: you try this on so i've been traveling for work for the last few weeks and the machine i took with me was an asus zenbook Uh, so it's an 11th gen i5 eight gigs of ram uh, but it does have a touchscreen originally it was a windows device But for work, I've got our corporate Ubuntu 20.04 image on. Um, I'd have tried 22.04 briefly as well. And so it's just stock Gnome, obviously on 20.04 running X11. And my experience broadly was okay, but I don't think I could have lived without the keyboard and touchpad. So I couldn't log in with an on-screen keyboard at all. Whether that's due to this machine being bound to AD or not, I'm not entirely sure. No, it's not, because I tried this on Ubuntu 2204,
0: and you couldn't do it. I tried it on Fedora as well, because I've got my little Vivo book with a touchscreen, and so that's what I've mostly been trying it on. And that is the one thing that lets GNOME down for me, is logging in.
1: All of these things have a keyboard attached all the time, right? Yes. Oh, so GNOME sees that there is a keyboard there and doesn't pop up the keyboard.
3: I assume it's probably more GDM sees that there's a keyboard there.
1: Right.
0: Ah, so if you don't have a keyboard, does GDM know that and give you the on-screen keyboard then?
1: It should, at least as far as I remember.
0: Well, I know it should, but
3: whether it does... (laughs) So the ZenBook I have is, you know, you can flip the screen around 180 degrees and then it deactivates the keyboard. Uh Ah. And that made GNOME pop up the keyboard much more reliably than when I was just using it in the laptop mode. But it still didn't pop up on the login screen. So I assume the keyboard is still hardware attached, but there's a switch that deactivates the keys or something.
2: Mm. Well, my experience with the Chromebook historically was that some distributions, I think depending on the kernel version and Linux firmware package, the keyboard would still be activated because it also goes around 180 degrees. But on this most recent run of testing, it was always disabled when I did that. So there's definitely some funky stuff going on, especially for these hybrid devices, I guess you'd call them, where it's two-in-one
3: rather than detachable keyboard that turns into a tablet. Yeah, so for me, the Big Achilles heel of Ubuntu was snaps and their touch support, or lack thereof, as the case seemed to be for me. So, Firefox by default obviously is a snap in 2204, and there was almost no touch support. So, I could mouse around, click on links and stuff, I couldn't do two finger scrolling in the browser. But worst of all, in the snap of Firefox and a couple of other snaps that I tested, like Telegram, when you click in a text field, nothing happens. Mm. And that, for me, was a real, real issue, uh, which just meant that I couldn't use 2204 without having to swap the browser out for something else. Did you enable the on-screen keyboard in the accessibility settings? I did, yes. But the default behavior I would expect to be that I click in a text field and the keyboard pops up. And even when I enabled it in accessibility settings, I had to go and manually open the keyboard. Right, But everything else was great. A snaps aside, you know, I could swipe in from the left and get the activities menu up and choose applications. It was a little bit oversensitive moving them around. I ended up with a few apps just in folders with each other that <laughs> didn't want. But yeah, it was really the default browser not having touchscreen support and the keyboard not popping up properly by default in an OS, was quite painful. Not a good experience.
0: Yeah, I didn't find it ideal that I had to go into the accessibility settings, but once I did, I didn't really have that problem in anything because Firefox, by default, doesn't support touch input or doesn't differentiate between touch and mouse input for scrolling and stuff. I didn't actually try with two fingers because Chromium, even the snap of Chromium, works fine. You can just scroll around as if it was... Just a tablet.
3: Yeah, so I did some Googling on this, and I found a couple of posts on the Ubuntu forums about snaps that have been updated to Core 22 being affected. And I tried a couple that were Core 20 or Core 18, and they would seem to be absolutely fine. Uh. So I'm sure it's an issue that Canonical will work out in time, but the way that it ships in the distro is not ideal. I'm sure it's on the list right behind uh, Make
0: Firefox actually open in less than 45 seconds on old laptops.
1: We'll get there eventually.
2: (laughs) So, Chris, you also tried Plasma then. What's that like? So, yeah, it was interesting. At first, it was quite similar to everything else I tested. The mouse pointer still was a bit like a sort of stylus or an additional touchpad. Scrolling was a bit better, I had to use the same auto-rotate script from Mate, which did work, but did the same thing, basically. It would sort of redraw the Plasma session to get it to the right orientation in portrait mode. And there was quite bad screen tearing. And then I was looking through the release notes of um, Plasma 5.25, which has just come out. And there's a few things in there. I think it was on KDE Corner that there's a sort of tablet mode that increases the icons. But also, there is a Wayland session available but it's not available out of the box. You have to install an additional package on Ubuntu 2204. Um, and it's very much like disclaimer, this is for testing only, not ready. But I thought, okay, you know what, I'll give it a go. And it really changed my opinion completely once I'd installed it. There was a few extra things to do. But the first thing I noticed is suddenly my touches were taken directly. So it wasn't like a mouse pointer that was tracking around. Rotate just worked straight away, and it didn't redraw. It just turned the screen round. There's no on-screen keyboard by default in Plasma, though, which is a bit problematic. But Dalton turned me on to the idea of Malit. Malit? I don't know how you say it. I always said Malit. Malit. So this is a keyboard which... It, what's the origin, Dalton? You know it better than me.
1: So... Mallet was created by Nokia for the Memo stuff. It was later forked into Ubuntu Keyboard for Ubuntu Touch, and now it's forked again into Mallet 2, uh, which is basically just Ubuntu Keyboard, but we removed the Ubuntu branding.
2: Right. So initially, I looked for it. There's a GitHub repository where you have to do a, a CMake on it, and there's no documentation at all. <laughs> it looked like a nightmare. And this machine is terrible, so I'm not going to start doing it on that. But then I found that there were some DEBs in the Neon repositories, and then it's actually made it into Debian Unstable very recently, and it's going to be in 2210 Kinetic Kudu. So I managed to get it installed. You have to install a framework and the keyboard, and then it appears in Plasma settings as a choice of on-screen keyboard. And it's really good. It's really, really good. It's a bit crashy at the moment. But my problem with the Gnome keyboard is it's too small. It's like islanded in landscape mode in the middle of the screen. Malik extends across the screen. It's very pleasurable to type on. And I've genuinely come away from the experience. The problem you've got at the moment is that all the pieces are not together. So I don't think it's going to work as well until... 2210 has come out, or if you choose to run Arch, because you need Plasma 5.25 or the 0.1 release. You need Malik keyboard. um, You need all the things that have just been put into Plasma to make it workable. But when 2210 comes out, I'm going to do a new compayve and a fresh install. And genuinely, what I want to use this machine for is things like full color PDFs, reading documents and books that require like a color large screen. And for that, it's great. It's light. It runs on like half a gig of RAM out of the box. It it doesn't chug. You can watch videos and stuff. Like, I was pleasantly surprised at the end of it, um, having thought, because I've tried GNOME on it, and it's only got two gigabytes of RAM, so it chugs, and it's just not going to work for me. Yeah, same with my Vivo book. That's only got four gigs of RAM,
0: and GNOME on that was just too heavy. The experience was great in terms of, being touch-friendly, and just everything being as I wanted, apart from the login issue. But it was just using almost all the 4 gigabytes of RAM. There was just nothing left for applications at that point. And so thinking about my Chromebook, the R11 that we've both got, that's only got 2 gigabytes of RAM, it's just not going to wash. So this is really good to hear that Plasma is uh, getting there, and soon will be a first-class experience by the sounds of things.
1: Devices are coming up that have low specs and exclusively touchscreens from a lot of different vendors, and a lot of Linux community is excited about them, which means that we're going to see better support for devices without keyboards or devices that have keyboards sometimes that we just haven't seen for the past however long we've been using Linux.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I think it, it does point to a bright future. Like If you've got the grunt to handle it, then... Gnome really, really works well. And, you know, there's crossover with, I think, Lib Handy, which has become part of FOSH and that whole effort. This has progressed that, and it is very, very good. Like, if I was to rank things, I'd say Chrome OS is the best for me. I tried Windows on this machine, which was painful, but I did get it going. The touchscreen is okay, but I think it's about on a par with Gnome. Maybe Gnome's a bit better. Plasma's just about falling behind, but only because the elements are disparate. Like in a solid release where I can get the keyboard working out of the box and bugs continue to be squashed, then yeah, it's ready. But if you don't have Wayland, then you are just basically using a giant <laughs> touchpad on glass. And it does feel like, yeah, you can make it work, but it's not as good, I don't think, unless it's going know where they seem to have got
3: it sorted out yeah I've got to say for me, I've basically ignored the fact that this device has got a touchscreen since I got it, and having done this experiment, even still running twenty oh four or with X11, I found myself throughout this week kind of sitting in conference theaters and stuff like that, just reaching out and touching the screen to scroll or click on UI elements in a browser, say, so if for me it's it's been quite valuable because I now use the device that I've got a little bit more like it was intended."
1: I agree. It is really valuable to have a touchscreen, but not always to use it as your only input method. If you balance it out, things go pretty well.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I really see the value here. Like, I'm always going to be running Gnome on this machine because it's a corporate machine. And being able to have good touch support really changes the game.
2: It's these hybrid devices where I want to be able to use it like a computer, but also have the touch where it works. If this machine was a Chrome tab, which doesn't really exist, I think there's one or two that are a bit like that. A poor pixel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd I'd want Chrome OS or Android or iOS, you know, where it is literally designed for that type of device. But when we're talking about this particular scenario, the great thing about this is I can flip the Chromebook background into a laptop. And use Plasma, which is a perfectly fine desktop environment that can be used as it has been for quite a long time in that way. And that that's what's been really pleasing for me, is that up until this point, the touch element of that hybrid setup was just not very good. And it's much, much better, in my opinion, from, from this time around when I've tried it.
1: Would you say that your input methods have converged?
2: possibly possibly and yeah i I, you know it does help that plasma mobile is a thing and it's a shame there is an iso that's kicked out or was kicked out for uh, kd neon with plasma mobile but as far as i'm aware from popey the guy that generated it has moved on to other things and it's just stagnated the aur i think for arch has a plasma mobile package you can install there's a bug but i think you can change your config setting and sort of get it up and running but that kind of stuff i think is feeding in plus let's be fair the steam deck is running plasma as well and it has a touchscreen right mm-hmm. so it's naturally putting those threads together but it's just taken a while hasn't it
3: it's taken us a while but yeah i think we are nearly there certainly with gnome and it sounds like kde Well, let us know about your experiences, dear listener, with touchscreen devices and Linux.
0: How have you got on? You can email us show at linuxafterdark.net. We didn't mention Android x86. I'm sure someone has already emailed us before they got to this point in the podcast. We're fully aware of that, but that's not proper Linux, is it?
1: Oh, boy.
2: And let me say to you that I did try live booting that, and there's no sound, and there's lots of problems. (laughs) (laughs) So, unfortunately... If it was a proper Android custom ROM for the device, yeah. But in my experience, it's a great effort, but it's we're not talking about the same type of thing. All right, well, we'll be back in a couple of weeks then. Until then, I've been Joe. I've been Chris.
1: I've been Gary. And I've been Dalton. See you later.